it broke me to a point where I was like, okay, I, I need to change my patterns. I need to look into myself. I didn't want to just blame it on the person or blame it on the universe or say God is not fair or whatever. Mm. But I, I wanted to take a deep dive and be like, why did this happen? So from a spiritual point, why did I attract this? And what is it that I need to learn from this? Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. To reduce risk in your life, go to myworstinvestmentever.com today and take the risk reduction assessment I created from the lessons I've learned from more than 500 guests. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guest, Nidhi Mohan Kamal. Nidhi, are you ready to join the mission? Absolutely. <laughs> so excited to do this. Yeah, and I am very excited to have you on. And let me introduce you to the audience. Nidhi is the director of Nid Sun Wellness, a chain of weight loss clinics with branches in, in Delhi and two other cities in India. She's a food scientist and has a food and chemical engineering degree and a specialization in nutrition and sports-specific nutrition. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, she knows her stuff. She's also a certified Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga trainer and a certified strength fitness trainer with a specialization in rehab and resistance. You can find her writing and videos on blogs and about food, fitness, and nutrition. She's also the brand ambassador of Puma Do You in India and was part of the Guinness World Record Plank. Nitty, take a minute and tell us what value you bring to this world. I've been on a mission for the last 13 years to improve health of people. That journey has evolved, of course. I have evolved during that process. My approach is evolving continuously. But yeah, the passion, the essence of it still remains. My goal is to improve people's life, make it better. Started off with just health and how they look, but now it's more like spiritual health, mental health, and the overall health. So now I think the approach has evolved, but the essence remains the same. And I know that all of my listeners want to improve their health and their all that. In fact, I have a little mantra that I usually say, you know, is that I'm, I'm healthy, wealthy, and attractive. Mm -hmm. and when I say attractive, I mean that I attract good things and good people. And I, I say that mantra and talk about the things that I want to do. But when I described about healthy, I said, my energy overflows. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why I want to be healthy, for the energy I can bring to life. But maybe you can just tell us about the typical person that you've worked with in the past, kind of the challenges that they face and the benefits that they get. And I know for a lot of listeners, tell us about any resources that you may have, Instagram or YouTube or places that they can also follow you and learn more from you. Yeah, so I am there on uh, YouTube and I have an Instagram page as well. I do share all these short form, long form video content, which elaborates about the concepts that I believe in. You will find a lot of resources on being vegan, quick vegan recipes, workouts, yoga flows, yoga for joint health, and even some, you know, 
traditional fitness training kind of workouts as well. Mm. And maybe for the audience, I, I want to tell you about my number one fan. She's my mother. She's 83 oh. and she's listening to this podcast right now. In fact, she's in the other room at my house here in Thailand. And, you know, it's a challenge as you get older, right? I mean, if you, first of all, if you didn't take care of yourself well when you're younger, you're going to pay the price when you get older. But also, as you get older, it's just a challenge to start. And I would like for you just to kind of maybe give some advice, not necessarily for older or younger, but just for the people that know, Nidhi, I'm, I know I'm out of shape. I'm not happy with, you know, the way I feel, the way I look. Maybe the pandemic got me down and, and all of that. And, and I, I want to start. And, you know, I see your videos and, you know, your work. I mean, you're at the top of the game. How do I start as a beginner? Maybe you could just give a tip for that. Okay. I think the biggest trap that's kind of floating around these days and also with the younger generation is YOLO. <laughs> so for everything that they want to do, whether it's food choices they make, habit choices they make, there's always this concept of, you know, you live once, so just, just live it and be happy in the moment, doesn't matter what happens tomorrow. And, and that's kind of like setting yourself up for disaster because that doesn't work. When it comes to investment, even in health, it's the compounding effect, right? So it's those little things that you're going to do on an everyday basis. It's consistency. You have to plan to live a hundred years to live a healthy life, at least when you grow older. So that's something that you need to keep in mind. So these conscious choices, those little things that are going to compound over time cannot happen without discipline. And you need to throw YOLO out of the window. I mean, mm. with your health and fitness, YOLO kind of will never work. It's interesting, you know, if you think about your parents or your grandparents or your great-grandparents, they lived in a world of scarcity. They lived in a world of difficulty and struggle. And, you know, the idea of invest now, put in the time now to get that benefit in the future is something that's, you know, for a lot of young people, they got a lot in their hands right now. And I'm trying to think about it. In a simple way, I guess one of the things that I, one of the habits that I built many years ago is I came up with the habit of walking out my door at 5 a.m. That's it. Wow. My habit was just walk out the damn door at 5 a.m. Now, I have never, you know, I'm not a big guy that loves exercise, but after doing that, starting that maybe 10 years ago, every morning that I walk out that door at 5 a.m., I never just turn around and walk back in. Once I'm out the door, my mindset's turned. And then I walk to the park or I walk to the gym or I get on my bicycle or whatever that thing is and I go do it. And that, the compounding effect aspect is, is massive. And I just wonder if, if, given your experience, if you, wanted to, if you wanted to tell someone, okay, you've already given great advice. The first advice is that plan to live Plan like you're going to live for 100 years. Live 100. Yeah. You've talked about the compound effect of doing small habits and that that will build up over time. You've talked about the concept that, you know, don't just think of today, think of the long term. The question I have for you is, you know, with Ashtanga, with all kinds of different things, strength and stuff, if you were to tell someone, if you could build just a small habit into your life of this one particular thing, it could be the squat, it could be a sun salutation, it could be a walk, whatever that thing is, what would it be? If I'd say that it's not related to any of those things, but it's something that, you know, just kickstarts your whole day is the moment you wake up, make your bed. 
that is so basic and so foundational and it's uh, so life-changing because the process of closure, this is done first thing in the morning. You, you know, your activity that started the previous day is closed and now I have a brand new day to look forward to. That changes everything. The moment you're going to make your bed, then you're going to be like, oh, I can't go back to bed now. So I got to do something more than that. Then, you know, automatically you will get up and do your walk or your exercise or take your dog out, whatever that is. But I think that is, for me, that 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 tops the game. The days that I don't, like even if I know that I'm in a service five-star hotel, I would still wake up and make my bed. And I'm sure the people who come for housekeeping after that will be like, what? what just happened? Why is this, is this person crazy? But I, I think that's that's very life-changing for me. And I mm. think it, it just it just sets the right tone for your day. So, so you're in so that mode, that tempo the whole day. So mom was right all the time when she said, make your bed. <laughs> yeah. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, make your bed. Try it. Try that keystone habit, that that habit that's going to really make a difference for the start in your day. Fantastic advice. And now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Yeah, if I talk about financial blunders, of course, I would have done a lot of them. But let's just talk about, so I'm going to make this about my spiritual growth over years. And I think the, the biggest spiritual growth for me came not from yoga, not from anything else, but it came from relationships, right? And I think I've had my share of like a series of bad relationships. And every time something bad happened, there was a very good takeaway from it. Sometimes it took me a while to understand it, but but I think my biggest spiritual growth has been, you know, people who came in and walked out of my life. So I think I've made blunders there. And yeah, that's a story that I would love to share with people. Because mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people don't understand that the sum total of your life. I mean, of course, eating well, taking care of yourself, all those things are important. But, you know, human beings are emotional beings. So the biggest impact that is going to be in their lives is, you know, whatever's happening around them, especially emotionally. And that usually comes from interpersonal relationships. And the more intimate the relationship is, the bigger the impact is. So I think there's a huge impact that relationships have on your spiritual health and your spiritual growth, especially your emotional health. So yeah, that's that's one series of bad investments that I have made. So let's uh, let's go into that yeah. in a in a little little kind of a fun way, a, a different way. Mm-hmm. I'd like you yeah. to talk about the first day and the last day of those relationships. Now like, what was it going on in your head when you said, this is great. This is, I think, because of this, 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 I want to get into this. And at mm-hmm. the end, what was the feeling? What was the situation? And, you know, we don't need to hear all the details in between, but let's just hear yeah. about why you went in and why you went out. How did you feel? Okay, so I'm not going to name people, so I'm going to start with the last long whatever relationship I had the first day I met this person there were a lot of points of connection you know how you if you're a spiritual being like me that you you will you know you'll orchestrate that oh the whole universe was working towards it so this is this is it this is the this is the fine print I, I, I was reading a lot into the fine print so this person had similar interests similar hobbies felt like similar value system was into yoga wanted to try out new things, wasn't traveling, 
it felt like, okay, this could be interesting. Let's just try. So the very superficial way we look at things, you know, similar backgrounds, similar, not similar backgrounds, we were very different backgrounds because this person was a different ethnicity altogether. Mm. But, you know, you look at the, the interests, the hobbies, very superficial the level. surface things. right? Yeah, superficial. The surface things. And you're like, oh, this is it. It marks a lot of ticks in my box and, you know, my checklist is done. Cut to that, maybe one and a half, two years later, the realizations that, you know, it's what I was left with was a lot of delusion about what I thought and what is, not being able to see things clearly and, you know, looking at it from the lens of what I want it to be. I did not consider things that are actually important, which is, you know, consistency, kindness, gratitude, willing to stick around, what do you call grit? Mm. And though a person might display that in one set of their life, they might not have it throughout. So yeah, these were some, and and I think, I, I don't know if this is the right point to share that, but I think things like these, when they happen, they, they give you a, an insight to what's really going on with you. Cause you know, from a spiritual angle, how I see is that, you know, they say that you find, you find a part of you in everyone and the people <laughs> that you don't like are actually things that you don't like about yourself. So, I mean, I really took in a deep dive into my own spiritual health in what's going on with me, what are, you know, my fears, what are the things that I need to work on. But, but yeah, it was, it broke me to a point where I was like, okay, I, I need to change my patterns. I need to look into myself. And I, I mean, I, I didn't want to just blame it on the person or blame it on the universe or say God is not fair or whatever. Mm. But I, I wanted to take a deep dive and be like, why did this happen? So from a spiritual point, why did I attract this? And what is it that I need to learn from this? And can you remember that kind of final days, like that when, when it kind of hit you, you know, because it's such a hard thing in relationships because you've invested so much time You've got some level of comfort with each other, but then there's this moment that you, where were you at the moment that you realize I got to get out of this or this is going to end? We're actually on a trip together and uh, probably one of the most beautiful places that I've seen. And I, I traveled a lot, right? Mm. So traveled around 30 countries. So for me, that benchmark of, oh my God, this is the most beautiful thing I've seen in life is you know, it's very hard to get. So yeah, I was there. And although I was enjoying that experience, it hit me that I wish I had come here alone. I would have enjoyed it more because I didn't, I didn't want the drama. I was not, you know, it's, you're not feeling appreciated or even seen in a moment. And I was like, I have just ignored the fact that I've not been seen here in a really long time. And the fact that I wanted to be alone rather than be with this person was, you know, it was eye-opening because then why are we even in the same space? Is it just out of habit or whatever? And and that's it. Like I took a decision then and there. I'm like, okay, this is it. Mm. And I don't even li- want to talk about it because, yeah. you know, there's no point of you having a conversation because my feelings are telling me everything. Yeah. For the listeners out there, you know, think about how you feel in that relationship. Do you want to go through the the other one before, prior to that one and say first day, last day? I think I, I don't even connect to that person from 
you know, probably like six years ago, because again, I had again, a very superficial idea of how life is and it got deeper with time. But I do think that over time I've realized, and again, it's easier to say things outside of a relationship. You know, you can't heal in, you can't heal about relationship outside of a relationship, but (laughs) you can definitely learn your lessons. I think the biggest takeaway for me was the fact that love is intentional. It's not because I I need to clarify this because if anyone is listening and they're going through a bad phase and they could be thinking like, oh, I also feel the same way and I should give up on my partner. You should not, but, but understand that love is very intentional in the sense that it's not, it's not romantic dinners and walks and whatever. It's those little things it's sticking around and I, how I resonate it is, you know, how I look at my dog. There are days that we have our difficult days. There are days when things are destroyed in the house and there are days that I'm like, I just cannot handle this dog. And I mean, I take my time off and I wake up next morning and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put in effort. I love you no matter what. (laughs) I'm going to give this another try. And since it's a dog and they you know, they're, they're faithful and they don't run away and they don't have options and they don't have any apps to swipe on, find more people. <laughs> they, they looking for around. a new owner, <laughs> looking for a new yeah. owner, swipe right. Yeah, so it's easier with them. But but that's, you know, like the biggest example for me, like where intentional love comes from. Mm. And I think the biggest learning is that, you know, that kind of intentional love, resonated to yourself is that it needs to come from you as well because when we go through these hard things when we go through these bad phases in life or these people who trigger us in different ways it's very natural for a person to think or judge themselves with the same criteria that okay something might be wrong with me I'm something seriously wrong with me or you know some people blame it on their luck I am really bad luck but how I look at it is that you need to Again, have that kind of intentional love for yourself, waking up every day that it's okay. I love you, if even if nobody else does. Mm. And if if there's some work that needs to be done, I'm here to do the work. So that there's a lot of uh, non-judgment for self that needs to come in. And that's been my biggest spiritual learning all through. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting tears in my eyes because I'm thinking about, you know, the challenges. My mother came to Thailand six years ago. I brought her here when my father passed away. And her condition was pretty, you know, rough. And she was had had a stroke and all that. And through getting rid of a lot of the medicines and getting more healthy eating and more healthy lifestyle and, you know, sleep, which was huge for her recovery, she really has recovered. But it's still hard. It's hard for her. It's hard for me. But what you've just told me is, you know, reaffirm the love and be intentional. And that just, you know, touches me. So let's, let's now go through, if you could just kind of summarize for the listeners out there, they've heard your story, but really get down to what lessons did you learn? I think the biggest lesson is that I think we should never look for somebody out there to kind of fill us or save us. How I approach love now is that I have to, I'm a container and whatever I feel when I'm with someone is coming from me. So I have to, you know, all that love is coming out of me. So I have to fill up my cup first and I have to fill it up myself. And if there is good inside, if there is, if I've filled up my cup with love and affection and compassion and non-judgment for myself, that's what I will bring to the table for someone else too. 
and the idea that it needs to come from someone else the moment you lose that idea it's just so beautiful because now you know the the intentionality in relationship is not just with the person that i'm going to date it's it's with everyone it's with friends also i've realized that i've started to speak a lot of truth i hold my truth very nicely i'm assertive about things that i need to say and there's no polish or whatever i don't want to put up a game or whatever i think when you are very assertive with yourself and then you speak to someone passionately and also compassionately i think that adds i think a lot of problems in our lives are just sugar coating things so i think i stopped doing that and that's that's a blessing because if something is coming i can tell you a story okay that story resonated with me for a very long time so this is i think i heard it in one of the buddhist meditation retreats so think of it this way you know you have a knife which is a sharp knife it can cut a human skin now there are two people using the same knife one is a doctor who uses it as a scalpel to fix people's ailments and the other one's a thief you know there the intention is to loot and kill people right so on a particular day if two people use the same knife the doctor uses it on a patient the patient dies on the table the man is dead same weapon same outcome and there's another person who's a thief uses the same knife kills a man loots him same weapon same outcome those two are very different situations cuz the intention was the main thing so i think now my biggest takeaway is whenever i'm in a relationship with anyone you know it's friendship parents pets whatever what is my intention so that's the biggest check that i do with myself is my intention good is it coming from a space of good for them and me or is it coming from my ego my selfishness so once i can get that out of picture then everything is going to be good no matter what the outcome so the outcome can be horribly wrong it could be something that i didn't expect but if my intention was good it's good yeah that's uh, maybe i'll share a few things that i take away from listening to you you know in in the world of finance we have something somewhat similar in the investment world which is a mandate mm-hmm. if some if a client or an investor gives me a million dollars to manage we agree upon a mandate you know i want this to be moderate risk i want this to be this or that and that's the mandate now as long as i follow the mandate i'm okay but if i if i lose money if i make a bad decision it's going to happen you're never going to win on every bet and the client knows that too but where you cross the line is when you say okay they're low risk i'm not doing that well with their money i think i'm going to take that money and put it in a high risk bet now you're breaking your mandate and so stay true to your mandate you know in the world of finance is one thing the second thing is you know what you've shared today helps all of us to think about when you see someone that's very fit someone that's very healthy someone that's living that life remember it's actually about both the outer and more importantly the inner journey and that is a lesson that you've taught us is that inner journey and the third one is the idea that i'm thinking about is that you manifest in your life like things that come to you come to you because of the way that you are and that's a little bit i'll explain it through a little story and that when i was a a boss at a investment bank and my staff used to come to me and they said 
can you talk? I said, I'm, I'm too busy. I can't, I can't right now. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. And I was always basically saying that I was busy and I was stressed and all this. This was many years ago. And then I realized, what kind of person am I? I'm the kind of person that you come to and he says, oh, he's busy, he's stressed. He's always stressed. Can't get a hold of him, you know? And I thought, is that the person I want to be? And I thought, no. And that's when I started a little mantra. And that is all my words are positive. And I repeated that mantra every morning for months and over and over and over. And a couple of years later, I'd forgotten all about that. And somebody, I was telling someone about that. And they said, that's the reason why I never hear anything negative come out of your mouth. Even somebody that's known me now for 20 years said to me last night, I've never heard you swear. And mm -hmm. another person said, I never heard you gossip about another person. I never heard you talk bad about another person. And so... Set your intention of what you want. Set it strongly and repeat it to yourself and keep reminding yourself. And then you will become. And what comes to you also will be awesome. So that's some of what I take away. Anything that you would add to that? No, I think you summed it up perfectly. So, so now let's think about young people like you and me. We're going in. In fact, I'm still single, so I really need this advice. So... You know, I'm going into, uh, I meet somebody and, and I'm caught in the superficial. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's amazing or he's amazing or whatever that is for the mm -hmm. listeners out there. What one action would you recommend that they take so that they don't get caught up in that superficial and end up losing a couple of years in the, going the wrong direction? Since I'm also on the path, so I can't really say assertively this is going to work, but I think slow is the fast <laughs> take it slow and you know always remember that love is intentional it's not the spark it's not what you felt at the first date or it's not all those things it's like it's the bigger things in life you know would they be consistent would they be able to invest in you consistently and let the compounding work for them so all those things are important i i think now i for me the superficial is like just the tick and you know it's okay now that we are on the table i'm going to i'm going to see how kind you are i'm going to see how consistent you are i'm going to see what is your value system what's your relationship with god or you know when i say god i mean any power that you believe in you know the the higher power whatever you want to call it right whatever name you put to it so for me those things are more important mm -hmm. We advice. all will come with baggage. We all will come with trauma, but how you I've handle it is... With my baggage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all arrive with our baggage. You can't, you can't help it. Okay, so that's awesome. I Just taking note, I wrote down slow is fast. Because mm -hmm. I think the things that you just said, you are not revealed in the first period of time. It takes time to see their level yeah. of commitment or intentionality. All right, what is a resource about anything that you'd recommend for our listeners? Oh, are you talking relationships? Well, I'm, I guess I'm talking about anything that, you know, like maybe it could even be like your YouTubes or something that you're, you know, something that you put into your life. It could be anything. Uh, well, I do share a lot of stuff online, as I said. It's there on Instagram. It's there on YouTube. I do like to keep a check on my spirituality, otherwise offline as well. But as you know, I can see there are 700 books behind you. So I have 
not here in this room and the place but i think books is something that i always reach out to mm. that is definitely one very good resource i think any kind of content that you consume yeah. also becomes a part of you so you have to be very conscious in terms of what you consume as you said you don't do gossip you don't talk shit mm. you know you don't talk swear words so all those things have to be coming very intentionally in what you consume since we are living in this digital age where everything's coming to us so fast i think one has to be very conscious of what what goes in so anything that you think doesn't serve your higher self or your purpose in life just avoid got it last question what is your number one goal for the next 12 months balance <laughs> something that we were struggled with especially with the pandemic things working like moving everything moving online and then things opening up and then things moving offline so i think uh, it's just been like a roller coaster ride of whether i'm working from home do i travel do i not travel so so balance is you know something that i feel that i've lost because i don't know i always every couple of months i find myself in this space where i'm like i don't know which direction things are heading and then things take a different turn the whole of pandemic i was trying to like live like take things one day at a time not plan ahead mm. but now i feel that as the world opens up we'll have to go back into the planning mode and start thinking about where things are going for me balancing my personal life and professional life is the biggest thing that i have on cards of course you have those minor goals like so and so thing in health and so and so mm. thing in finances but i think overall you know for me the biggest thing is like balance I'm sure for a lot of listeners out there and you've just explained kind of the journey that we've all gone through over the last couple of years so for everybody out there focus you know on balance is fantastic. So listeners there you have it another story of loss to keep you winning. If you haven't yet taken the risk reduction assessment I challenge you to go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now and start building wealth the easy way by reducing risk. As we conclude, Nidhi, I want to thank you again for coming and joining our mission. And on behalf of ASTOTS Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Of course. I think the only thing I'll say to everyone is work on yourself. Love yourself. whether it's your body whether it's your mind nothing is going to come easy if i we talking about intentional love coming from someone else i think there's huge chunk of intentional love that needs to come from you for you invest in yourself invest in your knowledge invest in your spirituality invest in your health the biggest investment that you will make in your life is not the bank account it's you so keep that as a number one priority plan to live 100 plan to live 100 happy fulfilled spiritually emotionally balanced years fantastic and compounding works here as well so little things every single day fantastic well that's a wrap on another great story to help us create grow and protect our wealth and our health fellow risk takers this is your worst podcast host andrew stott saying thank you for joining our mission and i'll see you on the upside